with lots of time. What a throw! Robin one for the end zone. What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to This Week in College Football, presented by CFB Talk Daily at CFB Talk Daily on Twitter. I'm your host again today. My name is Sonny Martinez, joined once again by the great Eric Church. Eric, what's up, man? How's it going? We're on the week three. College football is moving. Week three after one of the craziest week twos I can remember in a long time. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy week. Um, a lot of games were close. Um, one game in particular, I thought, the number one team in the country was was going to lose to Texas, but unfortunately, Texas lost their QB one in Quinn Ewers, and um, Alabama prevailed. But other than that, you know, BYU Baylor was a good matchup. Um, USC killed they ain't killed, but they beat Stanford, and you know a lot of other good games. So week two was definitely a good week of weekend of football to watch. Yeah, I mean, you watch a week of college football like that, and it's pretty clear to see why college football is significantly better than the NFL. As of about now, yeah, it's a, a million times better than NFL. I don't even want to talk about the NFL. Yeah, and I, I need to apologize because I feel like I kind of put a little bit of a, a, a I don't even know, what what should I call it? A bad omen on the Cowboys? You, you did something and it worked. I'll tell you, I'm going to leave that at that. You did something. <laughs> Just know that was not my intent. I feel bad, and I do hope you guys end up coming away at a pretty good season here. Uh, you know, my hopes are nowhere near high as they were once were. So, but hey, your Buffalo Bills look awesome. Josh Allen, he may be MVP this year, but we'll see. He's only one week, so another weekend, um, full of full of action of football, whether that's college or NFL, and I'm excited for it. Can't wait, man. Let's uh, let's get into it right away here. Um, like you said, Texas Alabama last week was a good one. Notre Dame absolutely blew it against Marshall. That was one of the worst performances I've seen from Notre Dame in a long time. Uh, the upset bug Appalachian State again over Texas A&M. What were some of your favorite things from this weekend? Um, each week, Notre Dame is making me look even more stupider than I thought I was. As <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, I had them in the college football playoffs, and obviously that's not going to happen, so... Notre Dame, yep, uh, back to the drawing boards. Like I said, the Alabama-Texas game was awesome, man. Before Quinn Ewers got injured, you know, I'm like, hey, Alabama might get upset this week, this this weekend. And, um, you know, it was a late hit on, on the QB, and he went down after Quinn Ewers got hurt. I said there was no chance. And Texas actually kept it close, but, you know, Alabama prevailed. Georgia looks awesome, 33-0. They crushed Sanford, so that was mm-hmm. an exciting game to watch. Um, just looking at the top 25. Ohio State handled business. Michigan handled business. Clemson handled business. I was hoping to see them, you know, kill Furman a little bit better in the, in the scoreboard, but they won the game. Texas A&M, like you said, Appalachian State, man. If you're a ranked team, a ranked opponent, I will stay away from Appalachian State. Teams are starting to take these Sun Belt teams for granted, and um, they're paying a lot of money to lose these games. So that was an interesting game to watch as well. Yeah, there's no doubt the Sun Belt is not the Sun Belt that it was 10 years ago. It's not the punchline anymore. And it's good to see that because there's a lot of quality teams and they're up and coming. They got a few additions coming in the next few years. That's going to make the conference even stronger. I think they're sending a direct message to the AAC right now who's going to lose three of their biggest members to the Big 12. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this realignment of college football at first, I was against it. But hey, you know, one conference is going to get stronger. 
while others, you know, dwindle and not have the spotlight on them as much as they once had. But like you said, the Sun Belt, they're, they're coming to play some football. So you better think twice before, you know, thinking it's going to be a cupcake game and an uh, easy win for you because um, that conference is really playing some good football. I agree. Um, they're, they're, they're up and coming for sure. It's going to – I don't want to say it's going to take a while for them to truly gain national respect. Yeah. But you got two teams in Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State alone. They're going to cause some problems, and App State already did. Yeah, App State, is, is, they're a scary team to play. I'm telling you, it's, it's, they're always pretty good, though, in my opinion. You know, I played against App State, and they were – they was an awesome team. Physical playing team, played fast, and played good. They always have a good roster, good coaching. And as for Coastal Carolina, you know, that's the school I actually played at. You know, they have a real good quarterback on their team, man. You know, they, they're sometimes it seems like they're playing a wing T type of style football, old school Georgia Tech, but, you know, teams can't stop it and they play physical as well. And like you said, right now, those are the two teams that leads that conference. And um, a lot of other schools are have some decent, decent rosters as well. I'm terrified of what Coastal Carolina is going to do to Buffalo this weekend. That's going to get ugly, I think. You know what? I, I would. Originally, I would say that, but, you know, this past weekend, Coastal Carolina had a close game, and, you know, I'm, I don't know if they're as powerful as they was last season, because last season they were ranked in the top tw- top 25 pretty much the whole year. And, you know, they had a close game this past weekend, which, you know, it was kind of scary, but I will put my money on the on Coastal Carolina definitely winning the game, but it might not be as ugly as you think. Buffalo's coming off a loss to Holy Cross on a last-second Hail Mary. Oh, yeah, 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 it's going to get ugly. It's going to <laughs> <It's gonna> get ugly. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I would side with you there. Before we get going, I want to mention this real quick. We're not going to talk too much about Arkansas today. They'll be in our, our top 25 conversation. They're playing, uh, they're playing a relatively, you know, tame opponent. It's not so much that. It's the headline that comes along with it. Missouri State, their head coach, Bobby Petrino. You remember when he was at Arkansas, correct? For sure, yeah. And you remember the rather unfortunate ending he had at Arkansas, correct? You may have to re- refresh my memory on that. The motorcycle crash with the woman oh, on the back. Oh, with the, with the neck brace? Okay. okay. Yeah, the, the <laughs> neck brace, which is actually the picture I'm looking at right now. <laughs> because someone within Arkansas decided that this weekend against Missouri State with Bobby Petrino as head coach would be a good weekend for family weekend. Mm. Talk about shade. <laughs> I'm Man, not I got... sure how intentional that was, but there's no way that was just a coincidence. There's no chance. You know what? I will. I'm agreeing with you. I don't think that was a coincidence. <laughs> I think they did that on purpose, and um, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's flat out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it might be wrong, but it's also pretty hysterical. Oh, yeah, it depends on what side of the fence you're on, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the side of the fence I'm on is definitely funny. <laughs> it's a little stiff for sure. Messed up, man. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get into some real, actually good games this weekend. No offense to Central or Missouri State and Arkansas. We'll start this week, Michigan State and Washington, a pretty good Pac-12, Big Ten it could have been, I guess, at the beginning of the year, it could have been predicted as a Rose Bowl game mm-hmm. out there, but realistic, I think. Now, I'm not quite sure on that. Where uh, where are you here? 
I mean, both Michigan State and Washington, they're entering this matchup with a perfect 2-0 record after beating not-so-great teams in the first two weeks. So this will be the first true test for both teams, and she'll be a great game to watch. Do you agree with that? I do. I think especially if you're especially if you're a fan of defensive games, I think this is going to be the game for you. Um, I don't think that either team is going to score a ton. I think it's going to be really defensive. Um, to me, the X factor in the whole game and maybe all of college football is Michael Penix Jr. We saw what he did at Indiana. The difference in Indiana when he was there versus when he wasn't is just about as complete opposite as you could possibly get. And he's already paying dividends at Washington. They're two and oh, do you think he can, you know, exploit the Michigan state defense that has been pretty good? Like you said, Dave haven't played really anybody exceptional yet, but they've been pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, the Huskies, they come to this matchup 2-0, and for their last game, they got the victory with a final of a 52-6 score against a Portland State Vikings, you know, very good team, if you ask me. But um, quarterback Michael Pinks Jr., he had two touchdowns, and he ended that contest with 337 yards on 20 of 27 passing while having a QB rating of 196. He did throw one pick, but his average yards per, attempt, per pass attempt was 12.5, which is pretty good. Um, to be honest with you, I think this game is a true toss-up with a lot of unknowns for both teams after a pair of tune-up games, if we're being quite honest. Uh, while Michigan State is a better team on paper, Big Ten teams have historically struggled in cross-country early season games like this. So it's understandable how Washington is listed as a slight favorite. But I think that whoever gets better quarterback play this week will pick up the win. And I'm actually leaning on the Spartans quarterback, Peyton Thorne, to outperform Michael Penix Jr. Hmm, okay. So like you, I was a little bit surprised when I looked at the line and saw that Washington was favored by three and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sold on either one of these teams as a truly great team. I think they're both pretty good, but like I said, especially Michigan State was getting a lot of love preseason. I'm not totally sold on that. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think Michigan State's success is going to come from the run. I think Jalen Berger is going to have to take over this game. If Michigan State wants to win, Washington, I think, is going to have to be the team that throws a lot. I think they're going to struggle against that Michigan State defensive front. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Berger is definitely going to have a huge day, in my opinion. Like you, like you said, he's the, he's the rushing leader for the Spartans. He had 17 carries for 107 yards. But, you know, it's going to, I really think he, I really think that it's going to be, like you said, based on the quarterback play-in. So you're going with Washington. That's what you're saying right now. I'm going with Washington in a very close game where there's not many points. Okay, so I was going with Michigan State, but a close game. And I was thinking of a 27, a 24, you know, like a three-point game in favor of Michigan State. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And that's pretty close within the line. This is another game where I think if Michigan State was at home, they would probably be the three-point favorite. I think Vegas has given Washington the benefit of the doubt being at home. Um, I would take Washington close. Like I said, especially if if Washington can run the ball successfully. Uh, Wayne Talapapa is their running back. He's mm-hmm. If he can have an effective running day, take a little bit off of Penix, I think that's what makes Washington win this game. Yeah, like I said, Wayne, he he had 12 carries last week for 94 yards, so those are really good stats. He's, he was averaging 7.8 yards per attempt for Washington. So I do agree that it will be a 
big game on the on the rushing side for both teams, actually, because as we stated previously, Jalen Berger's on Michigan State's team and he's a good back himself. But like I like I said earlier on the conversation, I just really think this is based on which quarterback will have the better game. And, you know, for some reason I'm just gonna go with Michigan State's team and yeah, I I, I think that's gonna be a close game. So I'm not mad at your Washington pick. Um, both teams have a good rushing attack. Both team quarterbacks are still up in the air. For just some reason right now, until maybe in a couple of days, I'm still going with Michigan State. Fair enough. That's going to be, I think we could both agree, a defensive game though, right? Yeah, a thousand percent. Definitely a defensive game. Who can stop the other team's rushing attack and force some turnovers through the air? Yeah, that'll be a good defensive game. Um, if, you're, if you're a defensive fan, that's the one you want to watch. The opposite end of that, if you like points, Texas Tech and NC State. The Wolfpack are a 10-point favorite. We know you're high on NC State, as am I. You I also know I've been pumping up Texas Tech a little bit, and I think you kind of started to buy in a little bit. But what do you yeah. think of this game? I mean, yeah, I'm definitely buying into that Texas Tech hype. Um, this is the first road test of the 2022 season, and they're playing a, a very good um, number 16 ranked NC State's team. Both teams are 2-0. Tech is coming off a 33-30 double overtime win over number 25 Houston this past weekend, which is his first top 25 win under their new head coach, Joey McGuire. Now, the win over Houston required a last-minute drive for the game-time field goal, as well as a 4th-and-20 conversion in overtime. That was big. Now, quarterback Donovan Smith got away with throwing three picks during the game, but Texas Tech's offense is plenty capable of making big plays and should prove a more difficult test than that East Carolina offense did for NC State last week. If you're NC State, you have to be careful of Texas Tech. Like you said, Donovan Smith wasn't the starter, but he's pretty good. He he was he took over after Tyler Shuck got hurt again. Mm-hmm. But he's played very well, including last week. Like you said, three interceptions. There were times where it were rough. Mm-hmm. But overall, he's been pretty solid. He can make some big plays down the field against that NC State defense, especially against the secondary. I think if if Tech wants if Tech's going to win, that's where they have to do it. This is going to be high scoring. The problem is, can they stop Devin Leary in that incredible North Carolina State offense? So, like you said, first, you know, back with quarterback Donovan Smith. You know, he has been playing pretty good. He's completed fifty of seventy-four passes for a rating of one hundred point seven three. And overall, he has a total of 572 passing yards for two two weeks early on in the season. You know, those are pretty decent stats, especially since you're a backup quarterback. Now, so far, the Red Raiders are averaging 48 points per game on offense, which is good for 12th most in, in all of college football. But like me and you both know, on the other side of on the other side of the sidelines, there's a quarterback over there that, you know, could be a first round draft pick in Devin Leary. And you know, I, I, it's hard for me to go against the NC State team just because I'm a big Devin Larry fan. And it's, it's going to be rough, but I really think it's going to be a shootout. Um, NC State has completed 57.5% of their 40 passes, and five of those, which was touchdowns in last week's win against Chuck Charleston Southern, by a score of 55 to 3. Now, I do think that Texas Tech is a way better team than Charleston Southern, but, you know, I'm pinning the ball in Devin Leary's hands, and I think that it's, it's going to be a long day for both defensive teams. I agree. This is a game, too, where we see how much the players at Texas Tech have really bought into Joey McGuire. I know it's only year one, but you have to have that buy-in immediately. 
And so far, they've done what they were expected to do. They handled Murray State easily, which is something that it wasn't that long ago you would have questioned. They struggled in season opening games against lesser opponents. Last week, they beat Houston again, second year in a row. Not necessarily something they were expected to do, but they did it, and they looked pretty good doing it. Yeah. How much did they buy into McGuire? That's what we need to find out here. I don't think they win this game, but I also think a 10-point spread is kind of extreme here. I think it's more of a four-point game, six-point game, somewhere in there. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you. I think it is going to be a close game. Ten points is a lot of points. But, you know, it's it's going to be a shootout. I mean, like I said, the Red Raiders, they're averaging 48 points per game on offense. In the passing game, they're actually better, better statistically than NC State when it comes to throwing the ball. You know, they're currently one of the leading groups in the country at 411 yards per game through the air. And if you look at the NC State's team, you know, they some people would say they're struggling. They're only averaging 266 yards per game in it for passing yards. So I do think the Texas Tech team has bought in to their head coach. I do think they're a real good football team. I do think both offenses are explosive, especially Texas Tech, you know, because that's a crazy amount of points and yards per game. And we all know what NC State is capable of, even though in some eyes they seem to be struggling with only 266 passing yards per game, which in my opinion is, is still good. You're averaging 266 yeah. passing yards per game. Who says that's that's not good? So whatever analysts said that, you know, I, it's kind of crazy to me. But it's definitely going to be a shootout. And um, close game, like I agree with you on that, but I definitely have NC State coming out victorious. So a couple things here. I expect Texas Tech to have the better overall passing season, and that's not so much because of Devin Leary or Donovan mm-hmm. Smith. It's just the system Texas Tech runs. You run an air raid offense, you're going to have a lot of yards through the air. Look at Western Kentucky last year when Zach Kitley, who's now the Texas Tech offensive coordinator, was there. Yeah. I think they led the country. They were pretty good. A lot of throwing. That's what they're going to do again this year. So I expect them to lead the lead the, possibly the country in passing. That wouldn't surprise me. It'll probably be between them and... I'd say West Virginia, mm-hmm. um, maybe USC will be in there, but that's kind of where they're going to land. And the second thing, this really surprised me, the over-under for this game. What do you think it's at? Uh, I would have to say, I don't know, so this is, a, I guess, is based on the two teams. And my, my common knowledge, I would have to say the over-under would be 53. 54. Hey, okay, I was close, I was close, I was close. That really surprises me. I thought it would be somewhere in the mid to upper 60s. Wow, I think, so you think I, it's going to be that? Okay. I, I think we're looking at like a 41-35 kind of game. Wow. I mean, I could definitely see it based on the air raid for Texas Tech and then Devin Larry, but I don't know because, you know, both teams are pretty good when it comes to rushing the ball as well. I mean, right as of right now, NC State offense is averaging 175 yards per game on the ground. While Texas Tech, the air raid offense, they're still averaging 125 yards per game. So they can get the job done on the ground as well, which is probably the reason why the over-under is in the, the lower 50s rather than the mid to low 60s. Yeah, the Texas Tech rushing attack has been surprisingly good. Taj mm-hmm. Brooks has been the leader there. I wouldn't count too much on another 100-yard game there. I think this is going to be one of those games where both teams are going to try to put it away early, and that's going to result in a super fast start for both of them. Oh, yeah, it's going to definitely be a long game because, like you said, the ball's going to be in the air for most of the game, which, you know, the, stop, the clock is going to keep stopping. It's going to be a long game. It's just, I guess, 
I would say it's based on quarterback play, but I do believe that Devin Lear will have the better game of the quarterbacks, but that system that Texas Tech runs gives their quarterback, you know, chance after chance after chance to get it right. So it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I will definitely go over on the, you said 53 points or 54 points? 54, I'm sorry. 54, I said 54. Sorry, 54. I'm going to go over because I do think, like you said, it's going to be, you know, a real high-scoring game, a close game, though. And, you know, I'm taking I'm taking NC State. 7 o'clock game, so it's going to be an electric atmosphere there, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's going to be crazy. So NC State's lived up to expectations. Another team that's lived up to and probably even exceeded BYU. They're up mm. to number 12. They could travel to Oregon. Oregon is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, I got to ask, still, all that's sticking in my head is what happened between Oregon and Georgia. And I get it. Georgia's in a class of their own. And after watching Alabama last week against Texas, sorry, Bama, that includes you. Georgia's <laughs> in a league of their own right now. Yeah. Why do we continue to give Oregon the benefit of the doubt? But even though BYU beat Baylor last week, we're still not giving them anywhere near the respect they deserve. What's going on here? I mean, I it's maybe just, you know, the Oregon brand, you know, just keeps getting respect, even though they sometimes don't deserve that respect. I mean, based off the or, last Oregon's, week, Oregon's become the West Coast Notre Dame, where they just keep getting the benefit of the doubt and respect they don't deserve or have earned. That's a great comparison right there, actually. Uh, I... I probably wouldn't come come up with that, but you're 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 dead on. You're spot on with that. The Notre Dame of the West Coast. Now I, I I get that Oregon. You know they're they were preseason what number eleven or something like that. They're a good team, but do they really deserve to be after getting blown out by Georgia and crushing Eastern Washington, which nobody gave Eastern Washington a chance in that game? Do we really? Yeah, we'd we'd rather not talk about <laughs> that though. That. Uh, that, unfortunately, was one of my upset picks last week, but let's pretend that never happened. <laughs> but do, do, even though with all the craziness and the teams that lost last week, I don't see how they belong anywhere near the top 25. And I will agree with you, but, you know, I will give them this. They definitely rebound from a horrible week one against Georgia. And like you said, Georgia is in a league of its own. I was, I was hoping to see a couple more points on the board for Oregon. But I'm just happy to see how they rebounded and um, had a good week number two with a totally different team on the field than what we saw in week one. I mean, so the, the Ducks, they're now one and one on the year. And they very they had a very convincing one in week two. Like I said, like we know, it, it was against Eastern Washington. But come on, they still put up 70 points. That's hard to do. And like we stated, you know, for the last couple of episodes, Bo Nix can be two different quarterbacks. You'll never know who you're getting during each week and we got the good bowl last week who had five touchdowns you know he threw for 277 yards 33 passing attempts and completed 28 of them his QB rating was 205 so obviously we didn't get the bowl that we needed against Georgia but he picked it up you know a very not as competitive game or opponent but you know when you're playing against teams who aren't as good as you you're supposed to you know ball out and I'm ha I was happy to see that now just to fast forward to the end of this conversation I had BYU winning this game I do as well you know I mean by the polls this might be Oregon's highest ranked opponent 
all season not named Georgia. I mean, the Ducks, despite their blowout win over an inferior opponent last week, they still have questions all over the field, if I'm being quite honest. And BYU has more answers. They're coming off a, a massive win. And unless something crazy happens, they will be a top 25 team all season. And BYU's Hall and Brooks, the quarterback and um, running back, they're as good of a backfield duel as Oregon will see for the rest of the season. And not to mention, BYU's defense has become a top 25 unit and just out-schemed one of the best offensive coordinators in the sport of college football. So, I mean, if you're not going BYU, you must be an Oregon fan or I don't know what to say, but I think this is an easy, easy one for BYU. I agree with everything you said there, and I'll add another dimension to it, too. One of the biggest takeaways from that Georgia game was how physical Georgia was. BYU plays a very physical style as well, and Oregon did not like getting punched in the mouth, and that's exactly what BYU is going to do to them this weekend. Oh, for sure. BYU is a physical team, and like we both just pretty much stated, Oregon's not physical whatsoever. Georgia got it. It got got them real well. It was it was pretty much scary to watch. But you know, I'm not going to just sit here and slander Oregon all day. You know, there are some positives for Oregon. You know. That team blocks well for Bo Nix. You know, he's thrown for five touchdowns and two interceptions on the year. And he, he's got the ability to make plays with his, with, with his feet, but he'll also have time in the pocket to make plays. But unfortunately, like BYU, Oregon's run blocking isn't nearly as good so far this year. And like I stated prior and after the Georgia game, the Ducks, they just lack wide receivers. So BYU secondary, there's nothing to be scared about. You know, just play physical. Out physical Oregon, which isn't hard to do. And it'll be an easy game, in my opinion. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I just think it's going to be an easy game for BYU. No, you're right. And, too, like like you said, I don't want to go too hard on Oregon. There's some good things there. They got speed. I think they're a team that's built to compete with a team like USC or UCLA. A physical team like BYU or even Utah later in the season, that's what kind of worries me. Right. Right. BYU brings a lot of that to the table. I think Bo Nix is going to be on his back for a lot of the game, mm-hmm. um, which I guess might not be a bad thing because that won't give him much time to throw interceptions if you want to look at it that way. But <laughs> it's, it's going to be a long day for him. And I like you, I think BYU wins. I think that's kind of, I don't want to say easy money, but I don't see BYU losing that game or winning that game by less than a touchdown. Yeah, I mean... When it comes to BYU, their impact players already stated that that backfield duo. Jaron Hall is the quarterback. You know, he ranked 15 in QBR and 22nd passing passer efficiency last season. He threw for over 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns to only five interceptions. He also ran for 300 scores, 300 yards on the, on the ground with three, three more scores, excuse me. And this season, he has already passed for over 500 yards to go along with three to one touchdown to interception ratio. And his running back, who's a former California running back, he's likely headed for a career year. I mean, he's had had he's only had 13 carries in each of his first two games. And week one, he went crazy against USF. He had 135 yards. Last week against a better Baylor team, he only had 31 yards. But I feel like both those guys are going to have a big weekend against Oregon. So do you think this is going to be? Which game do you think this would closer resemble, Michigan State and Washington in terms of defense or Texas Tech and North Carolina State with offense? The over-under right now is currently set at 58. I do not 
I, I'm gonna go under on on uh on fifty eight. I'm gonna go under. Like I feel like it's gonna be in between a little. Like I don't think it's gonna be as high power shootout as the NC State Texas Tech game, but way more offense than the Michigan State Washington game. So I'll put them right in the middle, but I'm definitely going under uh, as to over. So are you going over or under? I'll go under. I think 33 to 20 sounds about good. 33 to 20? Mm, yeah, I, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Yeah, and this would, I think this would do a lot of damage to Oregon's confidence for the rest of the season as well. For sure. I mean, I mean, last week when that Baylor BYU game, I chose BYU. And, you know, I just thought that they were come out victorious and I'm getting that same feeling against this Oregon team. Like Oregon, they haven't really shown me anything to get excited or to take their back when it comes to, you know, us doing these episodes and going game by game. And I just don't I don't feel comfortable or confident in that Oregon team or in their quarterback play. And like I, I stated already, you know, that BYU's defense, they, they, they definitely become a top 25 unit. And, you know, Beller is a good offensive team, man. He, they're, they flat out got out schemed. And um, I'm excited for the BYU team. I feel like this game is significantly easier to pick than the BYU-Baylor uh, game was last week. Despite oh, the fact yeah. that BYU's on the road, I feel like this is significantly easier to pick. Easily. Like, I was having a tough time <laughs> with that BYU-Beller. I was like, ah, I was going back and forth. Yeah, I think that was the one that you kind of could have talked me in or out of either team uh, when we were talking yeah. about it. It was tough, but this week, oh, Oregon? Oh, yeah, I got BYU easy. Easy. I do, I do too. So a loss would definitely hurt Oregon's confidence, but a team that's got to have zero confidence coming into this week, Texas A&M, yet they're somehow five-and-a-half-point favorites hosting number 13 Miami. What, what what is this Texas A&M team? They were supposed to be competing for the playoffs this year. They were supposed to, and that was a long time ago because they were it feels like off. an eternity Oof. ago. Man, they're coming off an ugly loss at home against an unranked Appalachian State team. And that loss left Coach Jimbo Fisher contemplating a switch at quarterback. Because their quarterback play was not looking too good. You know, their starting quarterback right now is Haynes King. He led the offense to just seven points in the loss, not counting a special teams touchdown. Now, on the other hand, you have the Hurricanes, who are 2-0, but in my opinion, they're a shaky 2-0. I mean, they kind of struggle a little bit against Southern Miss last weekend. So the question is, can the Aggies bounce back? Or will Miami build off their 2-0 start? What do you think? You're right. That 30-7 to last week, Miami beat Southern Miss. And that's another game where the score doesn't really tell the full story. That was right. that was a lot closer than the score might show. Yeah. Everybody I'm, keeps comparing last week. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody keeps comparing last week's Texas A&M game to the Michigan upset in 2007, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't really see this week with A&M as that big of an upset. Obviously, it's an upset. Sunbelt team, again, no disrespect, Sunbelt's good. Appalachian State is among the best in all the group of five. They're working their way up to becoming, I think, a power five team within a group of five conference, like Boise State was a few years ago, like UCF has become, like Cincinnati is now. 
I think yeah. they're heading in that direction. So I didn't really see that as an upset. 2007, obviously, nobody saw that coming. Even probably the players and coaches on that team had no idea they could even compete with Michigan. Yeah. Let me give you another comparison here. What happened last time when Michigan lost to Appalachian State? What happened the following week? Mm, you got me. Michigan lost to Oregon 39-7. They did have back-to-back loss in January. Guess what, Texas A&M? Not saying <laughs> it's going to be 39-7, to but you guys are done. Yeah, when it comes to Texas A&M, I just have one question. Where is that Aggies offense? Do they have an offensive unit? I, I don't know. I mean, the offense numbers from the Appalachian State loss were brutal. A&M had a total of 186 yards, and their time of possession was 18 minutes and 17 seconds. That's not, I'm not saying one half, the whole game. 180 yards, and they had the ball only 18 minutes. Now, like I already stated, the quarterback, Haynes King, he struggled. And the more that he can, the more that continues to call, the more he struggles, the more they're going to be chanting for the LSU transfer quarterback, Max, Max Johnson, to get in the game. Now, the Aggies, they must establish a running game with their running back, Devin Akane. I'm not so to say his last name. But he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carries in the first two games. You know, but besides being in the backfield, he is a strong special teams guy as he scored last week on a 95-yard race downfield. And he had another one the previous year against Alabama, which was a 96-yarder. So special teams is like the only bright spot when it comes to Texas A&M. But like you said, when Michigan lost to Appalachian State years ago, the following week they lost again. And, you know, I'm here. I'm agreeing with you. I feel like they're going to lose this game. Now, I do think that it's going to be a close game. My prediction is like a 28 to 27 in favor of Miami. But, um, yeah, it's not looking too good for uh, Coach Fisher. I I mean, unless you're and I wouldn't pick Texas A&M at this point against any top to middle tier team across any conference, any division. Mm-hmm. How could you pick a team with an offense that's that inept? They're not Iowa bad, but like it, it's just astounding to watch how bad they are. And not only that, but we're sitting here killing Texas A&M. I feel like we're also somewhat slighting App State because we need to give them credit for just dominating the game. Ball control, unbelievable. Texas mm-hmm. A&M couldn't get anything going on offense. Two of eight on third downs. App State did everything right in that game. You know, Appalachian State is a good football program. Uh, I know from personal experience, they're a good football program. Well coached, has the athletes. To be honest with you, they shouldn't be in the Sun Belt, if I'm being 100% honest. Like, that, that's not a Sun Belt team. That's a real, I'm not saying Sun Belt teams aren't good, but I feel like, like they should be in with the UCFs of the world who moved up. You know, they're, they're a good program. And obviously, I don't know if Texas A&M took them for granted. If they thought that their Power 5 recruits will win them that game. But, hey, <laughs> Appalachian State is nothing to be played with. And um, it's, 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 A&M is going in the wrong direction. I'm sorry. Like, they're all over at social media. you got five-star recruits speeding through. I don't know if you saw this or not. Speeding through the parking lot. you got 
your five-star wide receiver <laughs> liking tweets that's, that are bad tweets about Texas A&M. It's like, yo, what is going on? We're in week three, and A&M is blowing up. But they're about to lose some commits already. Like, I don't know what's going on with Texas A&M. You know, preseason, they had the best recruiting class ever. And now they're here. we're here, and um, we're discussing a back-to-back loss. So A&M is going crazy over there. No offense, but what kind of dumbass do you have to be to live stream yourself flooring it in a, a parking garage? Not, yeah, not yeah. only for yourself. That's It's not easy to go five in a parking garage. People are coming out of everywhere. Nobody's paying attention. He should be suspended for that for quite a while. Yeah, I I, I mean, I know it's bad that y'all lost after the state, but I think it was that bad that you out here want to speak in the parking lot, like. Come on, dude. It's, it's, it's going to be okay. You're a freshman. It's like your life is still something to live for. You live to play another day. Like, I don't know what's maybe, going on over there. <laughs> maybe if they would have had that speed last week, they wouldn't have lost to App State. Exactly. And maybe he's like, you know, I don't that, That's a good comment right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, um, it's not looking too good for Appalachian. I mean, for Texas A&M. And, um, nope. Mm, I don't. I don't know. This it's not looking too good. I think it continues. I think Miami wins. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if neither team tops twenty four points. I would definitely take the mm. under. I would definitely take the under. The under right or the over under right now is forty four and a half. I would lean under there. I think this is going to be not so much a defensive slugfest because you know Texas A and M offense is not involved in any sort of slugfest, but you know. It's it's going to be an ugly game. I think Miami wins. I don't want to say decisively, but I, I think the wrong team is favored here by the wrong amount. So uh, it, this is my prediction. You know, I I I, saw, I think I saw this or watched the video or something, and I kind of agree with it. I I feel like the running game will be so important for the Hurricanes on the road. This this is um Coach Crystal Ball's first real test, if you want to call it a test. I don't know if Texas A&M is even considered a test anymore. But this is his first real test <laughs> as the head coach for the uh, Miami Hurricanes. And that rushing attack is going to be important. Miami is averaging 7.3 yards per rushing attempt so far. And the Aggies do have a tough run defense led by linebacker Chris, Chris Russell Jr. So, you know, I'm going to give some, the Aggies some respect somewhere. And I, I also think that Texas A&M will probably have the lead going into halftime. But, you know, Van Dyke will Ooh. stay the course. Um, I feel like he's going to have a couple big plays in the passing game, and um, I. But after that, I mean, I feel like Miami's going to take over. So, I have a big rushing day for Miami. I I actually have Texas A&M with the lead, but I feel like they're going to have to do something crazy to get that lead, like a, a trick play, flea flicker, reverse, or something. It's going to be a low scoring first half, but still close. And then when we come out of the out of the, for the second half, Van Dyke's going to turn it up, and um, bye bye Texas A and M. I, I like the Hurricanes to cover, and um, I I got them winning the close game. I I guess I had it at a 28-27 score, maybe 24-21 score. So what was the under over under you said? Uh, forty four and a half. Forty four and a half. See, I said I just said twenty four or twenty one. That's forty five points. These these bookies know what they're talking about, but um, I will I will go I'll I'll agree with you I'll say under, but a very close game, a very competitive game. I don't think Texas A&M is just going to roll over. I feel like you know 
they're practicing hard. They lost to Appalachian State. That's going to be an angry team. But hopefully they're more angry in the field than in the parking garage, you know. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> It certainly doesn't look that way. <laughs> Save some anger for the field, not on the parking garage, you know. So, uh, But I got Miami winning the close one. You say that they need to pull out trick plays. Like, do flea flickers and statues, Statue of Liberty, Statues of Liberty, Statue of Liberties, <laughs> do those exist in the 1927 Newt Rockney playbook that they're apparently using? No, nah, I actually think their coaching staff is probably on Madden right now. So they, they, they're drawing something up in the, in the backyard because it definitely doesn't, doesn't exist in that playbook. <laughs> <laughs> They have to get that offense back on track, and it seems like Jimbo's just been doing the same thing since he started coaching. It's it's embarrassing to watch. That's not how Texas A and M is. Yeah, I, it's kind of, and it's only going to get scarier even when it comes to recruiting because they they were hot stuff going into the season. Like it was the real deal. Like Texas a, going to Texas A and M was a real live thing, and getting flipped commits was you know in the making. In two weeks, everything can change. AM's going to the SEC championship game to play Georgia. AM, this is finally the year they break through, go to the playoffs. They're going to have a Heisman candidate somewhere. We don't know who, but they're going to. That's everything that was said. Now we're sitting here and we're questioning whether or not they could score more than 20 points against Miami. Yeah. And, SEC, and that's not yeah. to slight Miami's defense. They're good, mm-hmm. but that's quite the fall. Yeah, they can kiss that. As SEC championship goodbye, that's not happening. And Heisman, where? Who, who's going to win the Heisman Trophy in Texas A&M? You let me know right now, and I'll call you a liar. You know, nobody's winning the Heisman Trophy in Texas A&M. Maybe in a couple years, when it, if their best players don't transfer out. But no, this it's not too many positives right now for that Texas A&M team. All this, by the way, for a coach that when he was hired was given a literal blank national championship trophy. You remember that? I do remember They that. gave Jimbo Fisher an undated national championship trophy, which, by the way, is the FCS national championship trophy. If you've ever paid attention, <laughs> it's not even the FBS trophy that he's trying to compete for. It's the plaque they give the FCS winner. See? They even, whoever gave him that trophy knew it wasn't realistic. Yeah, I'll give him the real one. Hold on. Wait, wait. Give him the FCS one. That's more realistic. <laughs> Bad omens right off the bat. Yeah, that's... That's hilarious, actually. So let's go to upset of the week. I have two here, which might be cheating. I know you have one, and I think we kind of are probably going to agree. Once again, as a reminder, we don't tell each other before we start what our pick is here. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling just knowing how you think that we're going to line up on one of these. So what's your upset of the week? So you want me to say the one that we're going to line up? Because I do have two. But um, okay. I can name the one that I feel like we're going to line up on. Okay, yeah, go for it. I have Texas losing to UTSA. You nailed that one. I have that as well. See? I knew it. I, I, this is too easy. <laughs> this is easy money right here. Now, I'll give my reasoning. Uh, last time I checked the spread was Texas minus 12 and a half. Yep, that's um, what I got too. Okay, so they play Saturday night. And first off, what do we know about the UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio team? Everybody knows they have a great offense, but they have a not-so-great defense. And, you know, the initial question is, can Texas take advantage of that? And with Quinn Ewers out and Hudson Carr also getting banged up against the loss against Alabama, I don't think – I don't see that happening, you know. I feel like 
their overall competitiveness and juice and for that offense is going to be put into question. You know, they lost their QB1, their QB2 was hurt. And like I said, at UTSA, their offense is rolling. And the only weakness that you have in this game is their defense, and you don't have a real quarterback to get to make it happen. On top of that, wouldn't it be a perfect fit for Texas now for Texas to challenge the number one team in the country, Alabama? Oh, we could have won that game. Wouldn't it be perfect for the next week they lose to an inferior team? That's, that's, that's the story I'm going with. And I feel like Texas is going to go down. They, they're, they're on top of the world right now. We almost beat Alabama. So, um, wow, we just lost to these guys. What's going on? So that's my upset of the week. Texas Longhorns, book it. I, I 100% agree with you. Frank Harris, Texas uh, UTSA quarterback, Texas San Antonio. Big weekend ahead for him. I'm not totally convinced that the Texas offense or the Texas defense is as good as what we saw against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Like you said. And and there's this is the reason why I kind of didn't touch the Texas Alabama game at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Everybody's blaming Texas losing on the missed field goal. It wasn't because of the missed field goal at the end of the half. It wasn't because Quinn Ewers got hurt. And mm-hmm. as horrendous as that call was in the end zone, I don't <laughs> know what the ref was looking at. That is one of the worst officiating decisions I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's not because of that. Texas lost because of their willingness and apparently happiness to just settle for field goals. I get it. You're playing Alabama. Points are at a premium. Texas is not back yet. Texas is not yet ready to compete for a national championship. Winning that game is going to do significantly more good than losing that game would do bad. You cannot Mm -hmm. settle for field goals in a game like that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I got the kind of the same vibe. Like they, They were happy just to still be in the game when their starting quarterback got hurt. I felt like they, they got complacent, like, all right, we're at least we're in the game right now. They weren't trying to do too much or too little. You know, we can get three points here or there. We're good. And uh, they didn't take full advantage of what was going on. Alabama was struggling that game. And Texas, they couldn't put their foot in their throat. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like UTSA is going to put their foot on Texas's throat this weekend. I tweet every single weekend, stop playing for field goals. You can't win football games on field goals unless you're Iowa or unless you're someone in the Big Ten West. You just can't do it. You certainly can't do it against Alabama. If you need Mm -hmm. a field goal at the end of the game to win, that's fine. And I'm not saying go for it on every fourth down. What I'm saying is be aggressive every now and then. Yeah. And not to get off topic, but just me thinking about that Texas-Alabama game because Texas had it. Wasn't that a great play by Bryce Young avoiding that sack? Was that like pretty? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he, that play when that game, obviously won the game for him. That's the moment we look back and pinpoint. All right, that's that's where he earned his spots in New York. Mm-hmm. Not based off of anything he did last year. Not based off a of reputation. Mm-hmm. That play, that drive, that's where he earned his way back to New York for the Heisman ceremony. Yeah, he just made it happen. The good players, they have good games. The Great players, the best players, they make it happen for the team to win the game. That play was needed for the Alabama team, who was struggling throughout the whole day. But when it came time to make a play happen and get your team over that hump, he made it happen. He stepped up in the pocket, he stayed cool, calm, collective, and he made the play happen, and Alabama won. What stinks, because I don't know if you agree with this, but I really feel like if Quinn Ewers never got hurt, I really feel like Texas could have got that win. Like I, it was, I, I felt like it was just set up for him. Like Alabama was playing pretty 
poorly besides the one long touchdown run in the first quarter the whole game. And it just, it, the luck, they, they drew the, the short straw. Like, I really thought that Texas had a chance to win that game last weekend. But when I saw Quinn Ewers walk off limping and kicking his helmet on the sideline, I knew it was over. And unfortunately, I feel like more bad is to come. I, I, I really, I really feel like this is going to be an upset this weekend. And it stinks because, you know, I, I wanted college football to get back to where it was in the early 2000s where, you know, the Texas, the Notre Dames, the USC's, you know, the Penn State, Ohio State rivalry or Ohio State, Michigan rivalry, all those those national powerhouses from the early 2000s, late 1990s. I'm waiting for college football to get back to that time. That was, in my honest opinion, from my age, the best time of college football. And so I'm kind of, you know, I'm not a Texas fan, but I'm rooting for them. And it stinks because I really think that they're going to take a, a loss this weekend and put them in the conversation they are in every year. Texas is back. Oh, they lost to a team they should have beat. And, and, and it, it sucks. We saw last year what happens when Texas loses a big game. They blew the lead to Oklahoma. Obviously, I think that one might have been more painful because it was a rivalry, because they had such a large lead in that game. The backup quarterback comes in for Oklahoma and just takes over. Last year, they showed they didn't have the mental toughness to recover from that. They went out and they just lost the rest of their games, including Kansas. Yeah. How do they respond this year? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now. New team, new year, but still a lot of the same players. Now you're on your second, potentially third string quarterback. Yeah. I'm just not sold on Texas right now. I would say it's not going to be a spinning image of last year. I don't think they're going to lose six straight. But I feel like they're going to go on, they're going to lose two, two of the next three games or pretty much until Quinn Ewers comes back, if he comes back at full health. I think it's going, to, it's going to get ugly for a couple of weeks, especially if they're down to their third-string quarterback. It's going to get ugly. But I feel like towards the end of the year, they'll, they'll be able to turn it around once they, their real starting quarterback gets back, gets things going, gets at full strength. And um, hopefully they have an inspiring end of the, of the year. But, you know, I feel like these next couple of weeks could get ugly, whereas this won't be considered an upset anymore, games like this. Yeah, and that's Texas football in a nutshell. Impress one week and suck the next. They impressed right. last week. Guess what they're going to do this week? You already know. It's over. <laughs> so you mentioned you also have a second upset of the week. What's that one? So this is for, you know, my crazy comments of the ep- my crazy comment of the episode time. You know, every se- every episode I have a segment where I say something crazy, Notre Dame making the college football playoffs. Vanderbilt, you know, beating the Wake Forest team. It's that time of the episode. I'm and scared. You're, I'm scared. You're taking my other game right now. Oh my God! It can't be. Whoa! All right. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. I have Oklahoma getting upset by Nebraska. Wow. Okay. No, that that certainly is crazy. That is not what I saw coming. Okay. Okay. So I can I can definitely see your reasoning without you even saying anything. I can see the reasoning exactly yeah. why you would think that. You can see it, right? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna paint the picture for you. Okay. So on paper, you know, pretty much Oklahoma should not have any concern with this Nebraska team. You know, with the Huskers, they have lost losses to Northwestern and Georgia Southern. And obviously Oklahoma is the better team. But at that same time, I'm just gonna say give you three reasons why this could happen. 
first. Oklahoma only being by favor 10 and a half points, it's kind of curious. As I feel, like, I feel like that line should be much larger from what we've seen from both these teams. So that's this is the first thing. I'm like, all right, 10 and a half points. Why is it so low? My second reasoning. This is a renewal of an old, this is a renewal of an old rivalry, meaning all bets should be off. Yep. When it comes to rival week, all bets are off. So, like I said, I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back and paint this picture. First, why is the spread only 10 and a half points? That's crazy. Number two, rival week, all bets are off. Anything can happen. And then lastly, now we've seen teams rally around a coaching change when they're when coaches get fired and somebody new comes in. You know, teams get they get rejuvenated. And with Scott Frost being out, I feel like that is gonna be a new Nebraska team. Obviously, the same players, but when coaches Get fired who had some bad juice or, you know, bad vibes in the locker room and something new happens. You have a new team. And when you look at how Oklahoma was playing with their food last week against Kent State, I could see things getting crazy (laughs) for the Sooners on the road this week. And that's my second upset of the week. You don't hold me to this, but I just, you know, just going through step by step the point spread. Rival rivalry and your head coach getting fired. Like, I don't know if you're a baseball guy. Yep. But but um think about it. The Phillies they stunk the beginning of the year. They fired the right person. They're 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 pretty good. (laughs) They're pretty good now. So um that's my second upset of the week. I thought for a second, I thought that you had this game as well. We got one game together. I thought you for some reason I thought you might have been on board for this one, but yeah, I got Oklahoma. Not realistically, but I can see it happening. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to happen, but you laid out all the reasons why it definitely could. And don't mm-hmm. forget, last year, Oklahoma needed a one-handed interception mm-hmm. to win that game. Mm-hmm. This year, it's in Lincoln. Like you said, new coach, they're going to rally for that coach. The way Scott mm-hmm. Frost ran that program, they, he was the one that was bragging that they were puking multiple times at practice, Right. Right. Yeah, so I'm I'm willing to bet without knowing anything. Those players are not exactly happy or not exactly sad to see him go. They probably helped him pack, especially when you look <laughs> at the record. They're going to rally around the new head coach. The line is 11 right now is what I'm seeing. So not terribly different from what you said, but I, yeah. I do, like you said, think it should be a little bit more than that. This is where we find out exactly how much Scott Frost has been holding that program back. And who would have thought just a few years ago that that's something we'd be saying about Scott Frost at Nebraska? Crazy. And because, you know, honestly, Nebraska doesn't have a bad roster. Like, I think their quarterback and Casey Thompson, the, the former Texas quarterback, is a good player. And it's going to be interesting. Like you said, like, if this, if this team comes out guns blazing, playing physical, it was Scott Frost the whole time. It's going to be hard for him to get a job. <laughs> yep. But, um, yeah, I got, I, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be a fun game to watch just because it's a rivalry. You know, I feel like rivalries are the best games to watch because, like I said, all bets are off when it comes to that. And um, it, it should be exciting. But who the is solid, your second? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Let me, let me just throw out there, too. The Solid Verbal, which is another great college football podcast. I highly recommend you guys check that one out, too. Mm-hmm. Dan Rubenstein always says, rivalry games, throw the records out the window. They mean nothing. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Throw them out the window. <laughs> There's everything's on the line. It's like we don't care what you're ranked, 
who rec- what recruits you have, what ranking you have is is man versus man. This is this rivalry is different. You know, players they get real excited for rival games, and it's it's always a very competitive atmosphere. And I can see it being a competitive atmosphere here. No, like I said, this is just my second up. It's not my real one. I could see it happening, but I'm not banking on it happening. But I just feel like it's gonna be a, a good game. So my second upset, and this one you're gonna think I'm crazy for too. Not as crazy as Eastern Washington over Oregon, uh, which, okay, Woo. which definitely didn't happen last week. By the way, I don't know uh, what Eric's talking about there. It never happened. <laughs> but I do have to throw out there. I do vividly remember somebody. It wasn't me, but somebody picked Vanderbilt to beat Wake Forest too. I just want to throw that out there. I, I don't think that made the episode. I don't know if you're talking about like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was edited in. That was that was not me. <laughs> Just slicing audio together. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> this one, for all the defensive games we talked about, this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend, I think. Over-under for this game is set at 75. Mm. And I think this is the highest scoring one, and I also think that this one might have the biggest impact of them all. Okay. Fresno State beats or, or beats USC. Wow. It's at the Coliseum. <laughs> Okay, before you explain yourself, this game was on my radar, <laughs> but I I just rewinded my memory, and I remember me saying that USC is my new fourth team in the college football playoffs since Notre Dame isn't that good, and I'm like, uh, there's no way in the world I'm saying this is going to be upset after I said that they're going to be the college football playoffs, but it was on my radar. I just want to say that. Desmond Howard picked Pitt to win the playoff or picked Pitt to make the playoff and then had them losing to Tennessee last week. So it wouldn't <laughs> be the first time that someone has picked a playoff team to lose instantly. Right, right. <laughs> but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I think that I think that's going to happen. I don't trust USC's defense. Jake Hayner is one of the best quarterbacks that nobody's talking about for some reason. I don't know if it's because he plays out West, which, by the way, the West Coast bias, East Coast bias, whatever you want to call it, it's real. Start paying attention to Jake Hayner. Start paying attention to Fresno State. They played Oregon State close last week. That was a great game. You know how high I am on Oregon State. Right, right. There's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I don't trust the USC defense. I don't think either offensive or defensive line is going to be able to contain Fresno State. I think it's going to be one of those last player that has the ball kind of thing. And and two, Jake Hayner, he's got experience. Last year, he played Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Played great game, great game. They lost, wasn't his fault. They gave up like 44 points. At that point, you're kind of asking your quarterback to go above and beyond. The following week, Oregon goes to Columbus and beats Ohio State by the same seven-point margin that they beat Fresno State by. Not comparing Fresno and Ohio State. Just getting that out there. Two weeks later... He goes to UCLA and carves them up 455 yards and beats UCLA. He's used to going to Pac-12 schools and having lights out games. I think this is another one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I've def- this game was definitely on my radar, and you nailed it. I mean, there are remaining questions about that USC defense. You know, Stanford, they put up 28 points on them. And even Rice moved the ball well early but committed too many turnovers. And like you said, that Fresno State offense is potent. Like that, that Fresno State offense is legit. They're really legit. I, I don't see the Bulldogs stopping USC too often, but I mean, I feel like the truth of the matter is that this game could be a shootout. 
And if the Trojans don't get better on defense quickly, man, in shootouts, all bets could be off. So I guess I just I couldn't see myself saying that. We could have went two for two this week on upsets, but I had to be a man of my word and say that USC is going to be a college football playoff team. So we almost went two for two. But I'm just I'm letting you know I was definitely I'm here with you. I'm here with you. Fair enough. I can respect that. I'm glad it's nothing too crazy that you're too taken aback by, but that's one I'd be willing to put money on that game. I actually think I might. USC's 12 and a half point favorites right now. The money line for Fresno State to win is plus 360. Wow. I think even for just a little bit, that's a pretty good value right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but it's crazy because the only reason why we're even talking about an upset is because that defense, like, I feel like we're on the same page when we say that USC's offense is probably one of the better offenses in all of college football. Do you agree with that? Oh, no doubt. Like last week versus Stanford, I'm just it was it was like they were playing backyard football the way it was tossing the ball around. And I'm gonna put this on record. Jordan Addison, if he's not the best wide receiver in, in all of college football, top two, and he's not number two. So you read between the lines. Jordan Addison is a real talent. And, and matching him up with Caleb Williams, that offense is crazy. But, you know, the old cliche, you know, defense wins championships. And defense also wins every Saturday. And I don't know if that defense can win against Fresno State. But like I said again, I'm staying with my word. I'm just saying this is a really good pick. This is a really, really, really good pick. You're right. It is about defense because would it surprise you if USC puts up 50 points on Fresno? No, it wouldn't. Now, would it surprise you if Fresno puts up 50 on USC? No, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> exactly. So we might look be looking at one of the craziest games we've ever seen here. Yeah, it, it just sucks that those West Coast games are so late. 10:30 start. Oof. I might have taken the Red, the Red Bull in that one. I love it. I'm one of those weird people that, like, looks forward to the midnight Hawaii kickoffs. Really? Yeah, like, just staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning for absolutely no reason and then waking up the next morning and regretting it. Yeah, that's me, unfortunately. I, I just like those late games when I'm just like, I can't go to sleep. Because there's some nights where I'm just up. And it's nothing better than having a nice, good football game live. Like, I don't like watching replays at 2 o'clock in the morning. But a nice live football game. An entertaining game. They're like, hey, I don't mind being up, you know, because there's a good football game on. So that's the only time I like late games. Other than that, you know, you can book me for like the 12 o'clock games, you know, the mid-afternoon games. But, you know, this game I might have to stay up for because I feel like we're on to something with this. But, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I would highly advise everybody to check that game out. And 12 and a half points isn't, I mean, I feel like that, that could be on something too. Like, why isn't that? So high for a high power offensive team, USC team. I actually think that should be lower. You really think you think so? I do. I, I it's a combination of I like Fresno State's offense that much, and mm. I think USC's defense is that bad. And yeah. like I said, the yeah. battle in the trenches. I don't trust either USC line. I think USC yeah. again, like Oregon, they're a fast team. That's going to be a good game. When they and I'm not saying Fresno State's the most physical team in the country, but once USC gets into like, you know, when they play Utah. Even Oregon State next week. That's going to be rough on them. Yeah, I can see a definite couple of hard-fought games in this upcoming weeks for USC. But uh, I see them in the you know, conference championship. I see 
Caleb Williams in New York at the end of the year. I don't know if he's going to be holding the trophy up or not, but he's going to be there. And I see them being one of that fourth team. If not that fourth team in the playoffs, they're not going to be there because they lost in the conference championship. But I, I see a real respectful, successful year for USC this year. Just that offense, I got, I'm a defensive guy, so I get it. But, you know, I appreciate some good, good, high-quality offense from, from time to time. So I want to go on record, too, since we're talking about the Pac-12. I had Oregon and Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. I'd like to change that if possible. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying I, I want to redo on the preseason pick. I'm just saying my updated pick. Okay. It's going, to be, Utah, it's going to be Utah and Oregon State. Wow. And that's in part because Oregon State upsets USC next week. But I don't want to get that far ahead. Yeah, let's, let's take baby steps because I, I, I you're disrespecting my USC team right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's take baby steps. Let's take one week at a time. I got I to prepare for that, for that conversation. <laughs> I got to prepare for that one. So let's quickly go through top 25 for this week. Um, no real major standout games. We're kind of still in cupcake season, unfortunately. Uh, start out noon on ESPN. Number one, Georgia versus South Carolina. Yeah, I got Georgia. You know, I was hoping to see a good game because of Caleb. I mean, not, excuse me, not Caleb Williams, because of Spencer Rattler. But he's he's not he's not proving too much for me right now. I told you he'll have a lot of yards last week, but there'll be pointless yards. I told you. I don't know if you remember, but I told you. You nailed have, that one. So have those yards, but it'll be pointless. But yeah, I got Georgia, you know, running away from the, uh, South Carolina. It's, it's not going to be a contest whatsoever. I could see this game being close at halftime and then being a blowout by the end of it. But really? I think Georgia wins as well. I don't know. Georgia, like you said, they're they're in their own tier right now. That Georgia team is, is disrespectful. <laughs> Another game that is absolutely not going to be close, Michigan and UConn. I actually think Michigan already took the lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like UConn's find, trying to find a way not to go. <laughs> 47 and a half point favorites for Michigan, by the way. Tell me how disrespectful that sounds. Not as bad as it would have been probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, you, yeah, they're they're proven. They're trending in the right direction, but they're light years away. Whatever smaller than baby steps, that's what UConn is taking. But for a program that was in that bad of shape for that long, that's what you have to do. Sorry, sorry, UConn fans. <laughs> <laughs> Big noon Saturday on Fox, number six, Oklahoma, Nebraska. You got uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, even though they were one of my upset games to watch out for, I got Oklahoma. I do too, but I think that's going to be closer than the 11-point spread. SEC Network at noon, number nine, Kentucky hosts Youngstown State. I got Kentucky. Easy. Kentucky. FS1 at noon, number 17, Baylor versus Texas State. I have Baylor bouncing back from playing against a hard BYU team. Baylor's a 30-point favorite. I think they cover that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, 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 I put my money on that. Number twelve BYU, number twenty-five Oregon on Fox at three thirty. Going with BYU, physical team. BYU easily. Here's kind of an interesting one that'll be a test for the home team. Georgia Tech hosts number twenty Ole Miss on ABC at three thirty. I'm going Ole Miss. I, 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 I'm going Ole Miss, and not much to say on my part for that. I, I think Ole Miss will handle business. I think it's going to be Ole Miss, and this is a game that determines Jeff Collins' future at uh, Georgia Tech. Um, I think 
if, if it's a, a hard-fought game, I think that he'll buy himself a couple more weeks. If they just get blew out the water, those bags ready. Yeah, I agree with that. And we got Penn State and Auburn. This is a rematch of last year. Penn State won that game at home. This year, number 22, Penn State travels to Auburn. Uh, this this honestly was um, for some time uh, a game I was going back and forth with. Um, but I, I'm going to go Penn State with the win. But, you know, that's a game I'm keeping my eye on for some reason. You know, I don't know. For whatever reason it is, I'm going back and forth. Like, I feel like Auburn does have a shot. But then I come to my senses and be like, what am I talking about? Penn State. So I got Penn State. Much like Georgia Tech, this, I think, is a game that determines Brian Harson's future because a win here could be the difference between a bowl game and no bowl game. Yeah. If you pay and, it, if, yeah. and if Auburn loses, that could be the difference between Harson being at home in October or November versus January. Yeah, a lot of a lot of jobs are on the line this week. And uh, I, I agree with you. And I, I got Penn State, you know. Penn State as well. Alabama, 49-point favorites, hosting ULM, 4 o'clock on SEC Network. They're covering that spread. Definitely. Number 19, Wake Forest, hosts Liberty, 5 o'clock, ACC Network. Listen here, Wake Forest fans. Yeah, I was joking. You guys are— Don't do I, it. I, I respect you guys. Okay, and... I thought you were going to do it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I got Wake Forest for the win. I'm not, I'm not that disrespectful. <laughs> Seven o'clock on Fox. Number three, Ohio State versus Toledo. Ohio State. I got Ohio State. That one's going to be interesting for about a quarter, maybe the whole first half. I think Ohio State wins that game too, but don't sleep on the Rockets. They're high powered. I, I say it, it'll be interesting for maybe the first. I, I, give, I give Toledo like yeah, first quarter. I give, I give them a quarter. Number eight, Oklahoma State versus Arkansas Pine Bluff, seven o'clock on Big Twelve uh, Network, ESPN Plus. Got the Cowboys. At least some Cowboys will win this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Cowboys win. Probably the only time you hear me say that this weekend. Probably right. <laughs> seven o'clock, SEC Network. Uh, Arkansas hosts Missouri State. Arkansas Razorbacks. Arkansas on Family Night. Seven o'clock, <laughs> SEC Network. Number 15, Tennessee hosts Akron. Tennessee, 47 and a half point favorites. That's a lot of points. (laughs) Wow, that's a lot of points. Uh, I'm taking Tennessee, obviously. Uh, That's that's a lot of points to cover, though. I don't know if I'm taking that that spread. I'll take Tennessee on the spread. Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah. We both have NC State over Texas Tech. Who did you pick in the uh, Michigan State-Washington game again? Michigan State, Washington. I have Michigan State, and I have Washington. So that'll be that'll be an interesting debate next week. Mm-hmm. Seven o'clock, SEC Network number eighteen, Florida hosts South Florida. Yep. Um. So there's another comment I want to, you know, talk myself out of again. Oh no. Um. Anthony Richardson will not have a Cam Newton type of year. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh. He's still a good talent. You know, a superior athlete. But I'm definitely taking back that Cam Newton comment, <clears throat> maybe next year. But uh, I-, I got the Gators winning. You're backtracking like Ric Flair on that one. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Man, listen, if you saw what I saw last week, <laughs> you'll be backtracking too. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did see it. 
7.30 ESPNU, number 23, Pitt travels to Western Michigan. Interesting game there. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Um, I'm going Pitt, but uh, it'll be an interesting game. Pitt's only 10-point favorites. That's curiously low as well. It definitely is, but um, yes, yeah, I'm still taking Pitt, and I'll, I'll give Western Michigan those 10 points. Number five, Clemson hosts Louisiana Tech, 8 o'clock ACC Network. I got DJ Ugalele keeping his job for another week and bringing home a win. At least one more week. I'm not totally convinced he keeps it that much longer, but at least one week. Next week, Wake Forest. That'll be a tough test for him. Hey, that, that true freshman K club Nick behind him, he's, he's a real deal. So uh, DJ better get, his, better get his stuff together because um. Yep. It might be another Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams uh, situation to make it. <laughs> you better get your stuff together. Eight o'clock, Longhorn Network. We both have UTSA upsetting number 21, Texas. Yep, yes we do. I'm sorry, Texas fans. You guys are not back yet. A&M in Miami, who you got there? I have Miami. Yep, I got Miami as well. USC, Fresno State, you're taking USC. I'm taking Fresno. Sorry to another one of your playoff teams. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're on the same page with USC. I got USC all day. You at least have hope for three of your five playoff teams. You have already expanded the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, <laughs> you know, I'm light years ahead of college football. You know, I'm on the 12-team playoff system already. <laughs> <laughs> And then the last game of the weekend at 10 o'clock, ESPN 2, number 14, Utah hosts San Diego State. I have Utah. I don't know what the spread is for that game, but I have Utah. Utah's a 21-point favorite. I'll take, I'll, take, I'll take Utah and not give up the points. Yeah, I think it Utah wasn't, covers. It wasn't that long ago that this had potential to be a ranked game. Now, and, uh, South, or, uh, South Dakota State, wow, San Diego State, uh, mm-hmm. their offense is not been that good either yeah it's surprising like you said it could have been a ring game it could have been a real good matchup but one team is handling business while the other is not and um i feel like utah is still a team to watch out for in their, in their conference even though they, they had a loss to florida um i still think they're still a good still a good program and uh, they'll make some noise towards the end of the year yeah i agree like i said i got utah in the pac-12 game pac-12 championship game so It'll be interesting. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add this week, Eric? Um, let me think here. You know, just cleaning up some of my crazy comments once again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anthony Brixton is a very good player. Um, I think he still has some work to do. Um, like we stated already, watch out for that Texas game. I feel like it's going to be a good game, and Texas will it's going to go down. Um, uh, and off the top of my head, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, continue to piss some respect on the Sun Belt Conference. Yep. And um, you know Georgia, they're looking scary. Like my re- like before the season started, I had Alabama above everybody. <laughs> I was sadly mistaken. That Georgia team, even though they lost all of that, pretty much their whole defense, they're just scary. And um, I feel like it's gonna be a bad week for Spencer Rattler. So. You know, prayers out to that team and, and him <laughs> and that offensive line. Because <laughs> uh, 
the, the Bulldogs are coming. So <laughs> if you can catch that game, let me know how it goes because I'm scared for Spencer Rattler. <laughs> One last thing real quick before we officially finish here. Let's, let's do something kind of interesting here. If we take the total points scored by UTSA and Texas Tech this week okay. against the total points scored by NC State and Texas this week. Mm-hmm. So basically underdogs are favorites. When we are talking again next Wednesday, which side do you think scores more? You know I'm going with Devin Larry. I'm going to NC I'm going whoever NC State, whoever side NC State is on, that's where I'm going. Ah, that's cheating, dude. <laughs> that's a cop-out answer right there. But you know what? I'll take it. I'll accept it because I'm sure somewhere down the line I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 but both those games are going to be exciting. But we shall see. Yes, we will. And we will see you next week. We thank you again for tuning in. Uh, I am on Twitter at uh, Sonny Martinez FS. Where can we find you, Eric? Uh, on Twitter as well at eChurch underscore and on YouTube at Scoops World, where you get your daily Dallas Cowboys fix and some college football recruiting. Check out his YouTube page. It's great. Also, I got to tell you, too, that background you have, the setup you got is fantastic, dude. I appreciate it, man. You know, it's uh, it's getting kind of gloomy in there, though, because after one week of NFL football, it's, I was getting ready to tear down a couple jerseys and it was getting ready to get ugly in there. But I went outside, you know, took a couple deep breaths in and we're back at it. You got a lot of cool stuff in there, but my question for you is, are you going to have enough room to hang all those L's? Ooh, catch us next week. Same time, <laughs> same day. You guys have a blessed weekend. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week.